0: Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish? Which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost and determine if he can finish it, if he has enough to finish it? This parable of our Lord is being used very much. There are three things in that passage. The first is desire or intent. Which of you desiring, longing, dreaming, envisioning to build a tower? So the first thing is desire. Then the second thing is build. You desire to build. Your desire is to build. So there is the desiring stage. There is the building stage. And then the third part is the tower. There's three things I want to look at. Desire, build, tower. He said when you desire something, when you desire to build a tower, the first thing you do is sit down. So that's the first the first action sit down any desire you have any intent you have sit down sitting down will cause you to reflect to analyze and assess and weigh your desire sitting down will lead you to a deliberate Method of execution. The next thing people do when they sit down, he said they count the cost. They count the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it. So they count the cost and they do the assessment of whatever they want to do. So my question is, If he realizes he does not have enough to build the tower or to complete it, what will he do? What happens? Jesus said, now listen, which of you wanting to build the tower will not first sit down, assess it, analyze it, and see what you can do? Now, if you assess and you don't have enough to finish the tower, what do you do? What happens? Three things will happen. Or three things are likely to happen. Number one, abandon the task. Well, it's not worth it. I don't have money to finish it. Why start something you can't finish? Isn't it isn't it true? That's right, you know. That's what I'll do. Abandon the task. Number two, another person may actually Find and settle for an alternative. Would you do that? Yeah, I would do that. Why not? It's an alternative. For example, a two-story building. I can't afford a tower, but I can afford a two-story building. That's an alternative. It's good enough. I accept it. That's category number two. The third reaction or the third response could be go and get the difference and build the tower. Right. Which of you would do the third one? Go and look for the difference in the price, the difference in the amount, and build the tower. Why would you choose that if you can do number one? Abandon the task, easy. Lord, I obeyed your word. You said I should count the cost. If I can build it, now I can't build it. So hallelujah, bye bye. You've you've not broken. You've 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 obeyed what the Lord said. Or number two, you say, well, cut your coat according to your cloth. So, God knows the tower thing is out of my reach. So, two story. Good compromise. God is happy, I'm happy. At least I've shown God I have faith. Why wouldn't you do any of those two? But rather, you want to get the difference and actually build the tower. People have thought that this scripture from our Lord Jesus is an excuse to do nothing. Or it's an excuse to say something is too much or too expensive. So then they abandon it. So when you are talking to they say, "Ah, even you know the Lord Jesus said, if you want to build a tower, you count the cost. And so they never ever actually go toward building any towers. But the Bible said, if you desire Why do people need information? The summary of the scripture, Luke fourteen twenty-eight, is that if you want to do anything, get information about it. Amen? Get information about it. Anything you want to do. Now, there are three things people can do with information. Again. People look for information in order to find evidence to back up the assumption. Okay? So they have an assumption, but they look for other sources of information to back it up and say, yes, it's authentic. That's how people... That's one thing people do with information. Number two, people... Look for information to find loopholes they can can critique. That's another thing people do with information. You find loopholes so you can critique. And the third group of people are people who look for information and genuinely seeking transformation. They are looking for the information... And if they had an assumption that you go left, the information tells them you go right, they will go right. So they are people who are genuinely looking for transformation. So when people sit down to count the cost about building a tower, they may come out maybe like the first one. I already knew this thing wouldn't work, you know. And even the costing has proved it doesn't work. So, hallelujah, abandoned task. Or oh, number two, they look for loopholes. It's okay. What are the disadvantages of a tower these days? Hmm? Nobody will occupy the it. It's too dangerous, two-story. But there are people who genuinely seeking to build a tower, so they are looking for the information. And the information, they will use the information to now work out how to build a tower. They don't use the information to stop building a tower, but they use it to now work out how to build a tower. That is the attitude of people hearing the word of God. Some people hear the word of God and they pick the parts that support their thinking so they like it and then it back up their assumption. They say, Amen. Amen. The sermon was good. Amen. Hallelujah. What they're preaching. Amen. <laughs> Some people hear the sermon and I, uh, no, that is not that. That is not a line. And all they've done is they've critiqued the sermon but there's nothing in it for them. But there are people who also hear the sermon for genuine transformation. So as they receive it, it becomes a source of genuine transformation. Do not hide behind Something in the word to stop pursuing the tower. If you wanted to build a tower, any good consultant would tell you the good and the bad, the dangers and the benefits. So, if you decide, ah, I don't like all these bad things, so I wouldn't do it. It's not the fault of the information. It is the fault of what you did with it. It's not the fault of the information. So if the word of God comes to you and says things you don't like, and so you abandon your tower, it's not the fault of the word. It's the fault of what you did with the word. Have you met people who blamed everybody else except themselves? If it wasn't for this, it would have been that. If it wasn't for that, it would have been this. But Okay. Now, what about you? The truth is, our Lord Jesus is saying, if you want to go anywhere in life, first have a desire and a conviction and be hooked to it. If you have a desire and a conviction and you are hooked to it, your next step is that you are planning and thinking, how do I achieve it? You are not thinking about what someone said or someone didn't do. Because too often, we have blamed other people, but the truth is we have no conviction ourselves. So if someone walked at you and said you don't look nice, you start crying. Oh, they said, I don't look nice. Because you don't have a conviction yourself about yourself. So that is why what they say is able to shake you. But if you have a conviction about yourself, they say you don't look nice. They say, well, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, so what? When you have a desire... Desire is unstoppable. Desire is unstoppable. Some people have intentions, but those intentions are not desires. Oh, everybody, if wishes, were horses beggars will ride. Beggars have wishes, you know. They wish they one day live in a palace, you know. But if you are begging every morning, it's, it's not a desire. It's a wish. It's an intention. Until your intentions become your desires, you will never pursue anything. Desires take hold of you. They hook your heart. They hook you. And you can't do anything. It's like you want to die if you turn away from it. And you have to just do it. Otherwise you'll die. That is how desires are. Psalm 27 verse 4. David said something. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. Now, did you notice? He said, One thing I have what? Desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell. In the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. Now assuming someone walked up to David and said. King David. This desire you have is too big. All the days of your life. To walk in the ways of God. To be in the house. To behold his temple. Listen. I have an alternative for you. What would David have accepted it? Would David have accepted the alternative? Would you take an alternative for your desire? Now, listen, he said, one thing. Nothing matters more than this. One thing I have desired. And I will live for that. I will die for that. I will accomplish it. Until you find something you wish to, l- to die for, you are not ready to live. In the early days, in other countries, well, it's still going on when Christians were, were being persecuted. It was an open... It was the law. If you became a Christian, you got found out, you'll be killed. So there was this old man, this was the movie, who was preaching to a younger girl. And the young girl told the old man, well, it's good for you, you are old, you can die now. But me, I'm young, I'm not ready to die now, so leave me, I'm not going to become a Christian. Then he said to her, you are not prepared to live Until you are prepared to die. Until you are prepared to die for what God has ordained for your life, life, anything else you call life, is not worth living. Life is only worth living when you say, I would die pursuing this God of my life. Now for David, I can assure you, he would not settle for an alternative. He would pay the full price. Whatever it took to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life and to behold the beauty of God. And we know that by 2 Samuel 24, 24. 2 Samuel 24, 24. And the king said to Aruna, Nay, now the king is referring to David. Nay, but I will surely buy it at the full price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God of that which cost me nothing. Therefore David bought the threshing floor and oxen for 50 shekels of silver. You know why he did that? Because he had made that desire in, in Psalm 27 verse 4. So when he wanted to sacrifice, he said, I will pay the full price for it. In today's world, I find a lot of people want things they are not even willing to pay for. They want things they are not willing to pay for. God, God, maybe should just distribute things freely, freely, freely. But we are not willing to pay for it. Our resolve to honor God is that we pay for what. We desire to achieve in God. You don't have to pay to get saved. But you have to pay to make yourself useful to God. You have to pay to become a tower builder in the kingdom of God. You have to go through things and pay the price. Your energy, your resources, your talent, you have to pay. If not, abandon task. First option, no hassle, abandoned task. Or look for an alternative. Rather, go and look for the difference in the price and build the tower. Build that tower. Whatever you're doing, if you assess yourself and say, I'm not able, until you do things that are beyond your ability, where is God's hand in it? You know, if you did things you could do by yourself, that is you. But if you did things that your ability couldn't, but it was just the hand of God. I will pay the full price. some people think intimacy with God just happens, and in fact, some people think it's like it's like it's like it's like a conference badge, an access badge, so you register, they give you a badge, so when you get to the door, they open the door for you. So some people think they have a church badge. And so God God is at their beck and call. But you see, even when you want to eat, you think about what you want to eat. Where you're going to buy it. You go to where you want it you buy it, you look for all the, all the offers and they buy one and get one half price and all that. You carefully make your selection. You come and do what you want to do exactly the way you want it and you serve the portion the way you want it, even when you want to eat. But when it comes to God, you think when you just wake up, And you are not even sure yet whether you want to go to church that You just woke up and you are still roaming about in your pajamas. Then at some point you say, okay, let me just pass by then anyway. (laughs) Intimacy with God doesn't just happen. From the night of Saturday, you are already expecting, you are in expectancy. Hmm. If you are going for a job interview, what do you do? You toss up in your bed all night. You can't sleep. Every 30 minutes, your eyes open. Hmm. In case you oversleep. That is expectation. Expectation. so this planning to build a tower thing it applies in so many things in our worship of God in our honor of God even what offering you want to give you even came to church not thinking there will be offering so as soon as they say offering time say ah oh really oh got some 10 pounds here <laughs> but if you if you went to paradise restaurant you don't finish eating and they say bill and they say oh ah really okay hey <laughs> I've got some 10 pounds here will you take it Do you see what I'm saying? We value things that reward us physically more than the things of God. Because we don't see a parallel at all. We just don't see. So David said, I will pay the full price. The same way I make sure I don't miss my bus. On a weekday, I make sure same thing. On a worship day, I don't miss my bars. You see now, the word of God is cutting. eh? Iron is now filing. There's heat. Count the cost of the tower... And begin to plan how to build it. Don't abandon it. Don't look for alternative. Build it. And finish it. That is the desire of God. So for instance, God has spoken so many words over our lives. Individually, as a church. God has spoken so many things over our lives when we take hold of it and run with it and pursue it, we would achieve it. To conclude. To conclude. Luke 14 verse 8, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it. And we said there's three things in that passage. There's the desire, there's the bill, and then the tower. When you desire, you sit down, you count the cost, and then you assess. And what happens if you don't have enough to complete the tower? One, you can abandon the task which is, which is legitimate. You've done nothing wrong. I have 10,000. The tower is 100,000. It doesn't make sense. Abandon task. Or find an alternative. Okay, 10,000 can build a garden shed. So... Tower turned to garden shed. I've built something. Or I'll go and get the 90,000 difference and build the tower. Why people need information? Looking for evidence to back up their assumptions, looking for loopholes to critique, or genuinely seeking transformation. your attitude to hearing the word of God should be to transform you not for loopholes to critique or for evidence to back up your assumption Luke 14, is not an excuse for doing nothing but if you have desire desire captivates you and it leads you to fulfill if you walk with King David, he had one desire to know God and to seek him and dwell in his house. And he surely was willing to pay the full price. Hallelujah. Are you ready to pay the full price? Hallelujah. Are you ready to pay the full price? Are you ready to pay the full price? Do you feel like going out and building the tower? Do you feel like looking for the different Now, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. What happens when you have 10,000 and you need 90,000 more to build the tower and then you settle for the garden shed which is 10,000 you have limited God. Because you have trusted in your own abilities. What happens if you abandon the task altogether? You don't trust God. But what happens when you now, because God wants you to do that assessment, see the 90,000 gap, and now say, God, I believe. God sent me the miracle. So whatever stuff, now, it may even be, it's your workplace, you can't get the Sunday off. Or something like that. So what do you do? Now you have to believe God. To be able to get that. But. If you abandon task. Or. Look for alternative. You have actually said. Your boss is more powerful than God. Because. Because. Anything is possible. And whatever ship they put people on, they can always make an exception for you. And that is the favor you need to pray for. Anything they say, just say, I am an exception. Oh, hallelujah so when you trust god that way you see god begin to work in certain ways you now see that ah, actually the problem is not the job the grace of god is here look they've given me all the freedom i want but other people like oh this job but you will be an exception in jesus name whatever it is preventing us from building our towers It was the same thing with the parable of the talents. The guy who had one talent. He said, one talent, what do you do with one? You go out there with one. uh?" Look, safest option. Hide it. At least it will still be intact. But you see, safe faith is never faith. Safe faith is never faith. Faith is always risky. Faith is always illogical. faith is risky. Business people say risk taking. We say faith. We don't do no risk. We do faith. Uh We do faith. Hallelujah. Because God rewards our faith.